But things are all, things are all, everything's expensive, everything's inflated, everything's, you know, too much money. We spend too, I bet we're all thinking right now of that one thing that we spend way too much money on all the time, all the time without even thinking about it because this is like a regular kind of day-to-day purchase and we're just like, whatever, okay? Let's, you know what, we're all, we're all thinking it at the same time. Let's say it all together, that one thing we spend too much money on. Sex dolls, sex dolls, sex dolls, you guys. You guys, we're all thinking it. We all said it at once. Um. I'm Walter Ling, and you're listening to Birchwood Podcast. For mistakes you make And some of y'all are like circus monkeys Living life like worthless junkies Plotting against your fellow man Helping out the devil's plan Damn, why can't I trust my own people? Fucking enemies must perish In the valley of their own evil Lights out, I told y'all This is the one I owe y'all When you see me, act like you know I know y'all No one, no one But a law could hold y'all Average motherfucker can't even handle what I throw y'all Lights out, I told y'all This is the one I owe y'all When you see me, act like you know I know y'all No one Overlooking 
OG engraved on the Buick Before they let me out the cage for the music I help you see exactly who John Wu is Now, who you is, you overpaid made clicks made You heading for the roof when you fade With no substance, host Buddy abundance, your catalog sound the same You got one hit Lights out, lights out, lights out And you know, it's very exciting for me, and uh, it's been a dream of mine to have a comedy club, and, and now I have one. Isn't that interesting? And, um, well, I have half, half of one, because I'm half owner. So, the other half uh, belongs to my good friend and business partner, Julie Tower. And if any comedians are listening and you're looking for bookings, Email her at jtowercomedy at gmail.com. You, you can get all that information on the website. And don't forget to subscribe to Birchwood Podcast. And don't forget to like our Facebook page. When I say our, it's mine, I guess. Um, like the Birchwood Facebook page because I have pictures and things that are related to the show. And I have a picture of today's guest, which is uh, comedian Walter Ling from Montreal, and uh, Walter's really quirky, really uh, an interesting person, you know, like I could hang out with Walter all day, I just find uh, talking to him fascinating, he really has an interesting perspective, and he's he's got sort of a similar spirit to, to uh, comedy uh, that I used to have. You know, um, he, he has a very uh, left turn energy. He manufactures the unexpected. I think that's a, a fair way to put it. Very funny, right up my alley. I, I find uh, uh, his misdirection is phenomenal. Just so funny. Uh, good writer, good performer, and it was a pleasure to have him at what punchlines used to be called chuckles comedy club <laughs> oh it's so weird saying that um yeah we built up our name uh with chuckles comedy club and of course now we've moved on to punchlines comedy club and the great thing about punchlines is we now have ownership of that name and we have ownership of that business and it's ours and we have total control over it which we like yeah, so, we, you know, we, we, we've put some paint on the walls, we put some signs up, we're selling tickets, and it's going to be happening, man. It's a dream come true. Uh, anyway, um, Walter Ling is fantastic from Montreal. I know you're going to enjoy that conversation coming up. Let me tell you a little bit about what's been going on. Let's work backwards here. I just had ice cream sundaes with my daughter. We watched... Uh, some Netflix, watched a show called Raising Dion, uh, it's a good show, I'd check it out if uh, you have kids, it's a good good, uh, good family bonding show to watch. Um, what else has been happening? Very intense at work, uh, I've been swapping out panels and next week I'm into another generator and uh, yeah, it's just really intense, really, a lot of things are happening right now. And uh, it's okay. I'm okay. I can handle it. I got this, as they say. That's more of a saying now, isn't it? I got this. Uh, 
Don't worry. Don't worry, man. You got this. <laughs> ah, it's like someone else's uh, belief in you exceeds your own belief in yourself sometimes. Anyway, sorry to get all philosophical. Um, yeah, so the work's been so intense. Alicia's uh, father is still in the hospital, and they're doing tests on him. And uh, it could be neurological, and it's it's scary. It's scary. Our parents are getting older, and uh, yeah, I don't want to get all depressing on you. So that's that's part of life, isn't it? Oh, man. So how are you handling your hurdles? Why don't you email the podcast, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know how you're doing. What are you into? You getting married? Getting divorced? Bought a new car? Crashed your old car? Eating ice cream? Dropped your ice cream on the ground? What's going on? You know, you got a fever? You feeling uncommonly good? What's going on in your world? Yeah, I'd love to have a dialogue with my listeners. And, and it, you know, the analytics, analytics say that there's all kinds of listeners, not that many reaching out. So you guys are all peeping toms and you're freaking me out a little bit. So why don't you go ahead and email the podcast, birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. And I, I hate being negative, you know. I keep saying I'm going to change my mindset. But life just keeps just hitting me that way. Or I keep receiving it that way, you know. And by talking about it, you put that energy out there. So what are you supposed to do? Fake it till you make it. Smile. Look at the positives. Well, I own half a comedy club. That's good, right? Man, there's so much... Uh, so much in my head right now. You having one of those days? You ever have one of those days? <sighs> anyway, Walter Lang's on the show. <laughs> Let's hope that saves it from going down the toilet. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't like the vibe. I don't like the vibe that I'm putting out right now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta soften it. I gotta say something good. You know, today was the first day that I got to come home in many days. We've been working day and night building the stage and putting in lights and, and doing everything for uh, punchlines, assembling chairs. We've got a truckload of brand new furniture coming. It's exciting and it's rewarding and it's uh, it's all happening. And all I want to do is hit the road and be a comedian. And I keep talking about that. It's torture seeing that, you know, go further and further away from reality. You know, the older I get, and the more time I spend away from stand-up, I just, I gotta get out there and hit the open mics, but my life is already so divided. You know, Christmas is the busy season for comedians. I could be out there doing shows, but instead I'm building a comedy club. It just doesn't make any sense. 
I'd like to hire somebody to do my job at the comedy club, you know? I'd like to pay them to go and, you know, greet people. And uh, I, I just, I, I, I still want the, 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 I still want the ownership. I still want my 50%, but I, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to entertain people. I don't want to entertain people, like in the sense that they're company. I don't want to share moments with them that are like, hey, there's another performer. Aren't they great? No, I'm great. I'm a good comedian. I'm not the greatest to ever live, but I can do it, like professionally. feel like I'm screaming into the void and I think I am I don't know this is heavy I keep struggling with this crossroads you know maybe it's just privilege talking maybe this is a uh, what do they call it uh, something privilege god what is that called it's another thing, my words are escaping me lately. Oh, first world problem, right? Yeah, first world problem is having to choose between owning a comedy club and doing comedy. <laughs> Some people are like logging water from their village. <sighs> people just want clean water, you know, when I'm bitching about my life. I'm sorry, guys. I know I went off the rails a little bit, but isn't that kind of entertaining? Isn't it kind of entertaining when people just lose their shit and it isn't you? Like, I would love to see a parking lot fight, you know? Like, just two people beating the shit out of each other behind a Ford F-150. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Throwing a shoe at each other, bleeding. That'd be so good. If You know, if you didn't know them, right? You'd be like, holy shit. What happened? Found a pair of shoes behind the comedy club. They weren't there when I got to the comedy club. And when I left, there's a pair of shoes in a puddle out in the parking lot. Uh, they were orange Nikes. I want to know the rest of that story, don't you? Anyway, I'm going to put a picture of it up on the Birchwood Podcast Facebook page. And uh, you tell me what you think about these goddamn shoes. You think it was a parking lot fight? It might have been. I, I don't know. It could have been. We will never know. And and that, you know, that drives me nuts. What happened? Someone left a pair of orange Nikes in a puddle in a parking lot. And they looked like they were in good shape. I mean, I didn't touch them. But I gave. I looked at them for a long time. Not an insane amount of, you know, I didn't spend half an hour looking at you, but, I, you know, I'd say a good two, three minutes. That's a lot of time these days with these attention spans that we don't have anymore. I looked these shoes over and uh, I took a picture. I took a picture because I wanted to save that moment. Because I will never stop thinking about that 50 years from now if I'm still alive. 93 years old, I'll be like, what happened with the goddamn shoes? 
Yep. So that's uh, something else that happened. Oh my god. Does this feel long to you guys? It, feel, it feels like I've been talking a long time. I'm on something different today. I don't know what is going on. Uh, yeah, my hiatus from cannabis was uh, over. Um, I partook in a brain vacation November 1st. And the next day I felt hungover as shit. And I don't... I didn't do it again after that for like the last week. But that's normal. I usually don't when the kids are over. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I got a healthy balance back. You know, I don't, I don't want that to be a ritual or a dependency. So there you go. I'm maintaining just enough, you know. I didn't do the dishes tonight, but I took the garbage in, you know. Oh, I had a hot shower tonight when I came home. Like, I got soaked. Like, my jeans were, like, wet. And, like, I, when you get rained on, it's not that bad. When you get wet clothes, it's not that bad. But it's bad in the winter because that rain is cold. Like, it wants to turn into snow, but it's not quite cold enough to turn into snowflakes, right? Or And, and so it's water. It's cold water. Just... Pouring down my ass. Like just, I don't know what it is or was about the coat I was wearing. I had a little tool pouch on my belt. And uh, it has a pinhole in the bottom of this tool pouch where a knife kind of cut a hole in it. So the rain was filling up my tool pouch but trickling out just enough to run down my leg. And uh, whatever was going on with my jacket, I don't know. But it would just seem to all pour right down the crack of my ass. And man, is there anything worse than having cold, wet ass? Like just, it was so disgusting. And like it angers me. It's not even that it's not comfortable. I just get instantly furious. And I was dropping screws and it took way longer. You know, if it's if it's sunny... Or even cloudy, I you know, I can do the job really quick and get it done and no problem. But as soon as it starts raining, that cold fucking rain, I get irate and I, I got very wet. And so tonight when I came home and I had my hot shower, uh, a long hot shower, and I got into some dry clothes and I, I snuggled up with my girls and, and we watched some Netflix together. Uh, I was just so happy. And we hadn't seen each other in like three days. And yeah, home means a lot to me, you know. So and for that reason, I'm glad I'm not out on the road doing stand-up. But uh, I think I'm going to do some here in town. I think I'm going to call up uh, whoever's putting on shows these days and ask them if I can have a spot. I mean, hit the open mics again. I got to get... In shape for my big uh, appearance opening for James Mullinger March 14th at the Imperial Theater. That's my that's my big uh, goal is to be in shape for that show. And, uh, you know, it's probably only five or ten minutes. But uh, that's going to be an important show for me. I just really want to get out there and flex that muscle and show that I'm still funny.
Um, I got to get writing. I got to get out to the open mics. Those are my things, that my, my goals that I got to do. And, uh, you know, once we get the club open, uh, it's going to run itself a little bit. Uh, they've got um, everything. You know, it's not just me doing this. And there's a lot of people helping me achieve my dream. Of, uh, of having this comedy club. And uh, you know St. John New Brunswick. Didn't have a comedy club. Before I came along. A lot of people don't realize that. But I'm I'm very proud of that. You know. I, I created. St. John's first comedy club. That's who I am. And I don't think it's so bad being me. But that's not all that I am. I think there's more. And this is what this podcast is all about. It's the it's the search to find out who I am and what that more is. And uh, I'm glad that you are, are sharing this with me. This is episode 36. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you more next week. Oh, next week on the podcast, Pete Zedlacher, multi-nominated uh, for Canadian Comedy Award, one best uh, male comic in uh, for the Canadian Comedy Awards. Been on Just for Laughs several times. Uh, he was on Just for Laughs with the Muppets and uh, Jean Luc Picard, Patrick Stewart. Um, yeah, this guy's been rubbing shoulders with, with a lot of people, including Adam Sandler in the early days. Uh, Pete Zedlacher is Canada's. Uh, <sighs> I don't, how do I describe this guy? I don't think there's a single person that Pete couldn't follow. Pete, Pete, Pete is the destroyer. I know you're going to uh, find uh, the conversation fascinating. Um, now he's in the largest Canadian comedy tour to ever come out of this country. Uh, with people like Deborah Giovanni, Dan Quinn, uh, Damon Schritter, and uh, Paul Meyerhog. Uh, and those are just... This is the first time that the biggest comedians in Canada have come together and are now uh, touring the country, making the money that they should be making and putting on the best comedy show to ever come out of Canada. It's called the Snowden Comedy Tour. And uh, Pete and I talk about that. And uh, we talk about how Pete Zedlacher was the last comedian to ever perform at Chuckles. Uh, and we talk about our, our friendship. Uh, I was lucky enough to be Peter's friend. And uh, it's, a, it's a friendship that I cherish. And uh, yeah, we go back. So that's next week. But this week, I'm talking to the very funny and very talented Walter Ling. Enjoy. I'm, you know, a comic running a club. Uh, when I was like, when I managed the works for like a couple years there in Montreal, um, people would come up to me and like, you know, like young comics, comics that were just starting and stuff, 
and they and they do that whole thing with you. Can I showcase for you to get on a weekend and all this stuff? And I'm like, Christ, you know, like it's weird suddenly being put in that position or being in the position where people want to like showcase for you and they're asking you that. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Just just let me see you do well here and stuff. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not about to like go into a 15 minute critique of your act or anything or like yeah. or, or give you a lot of pointers. Just, just I just want to see you do well. I mean, like you know, we know there's kind of an objective idea yeah. of doing well at a comedy club, right? So it's like, anything other than that is kind of like subjective taste, right? And I know what I look like. I know what, I know what this looks like. And uh, I know, I, I, yeah, there's just there's the hair situation. People ask me if I'm wearing a wig sometimes. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah. Actually, people, yeah, it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's true. And people will say like, hey man, is that, was that like a wig you got on there? And that way, it makes me upset, it makes me angry. I'm like, hey man, if I was gonna be wearing a wig, if I was gonna spend money on a fucking wig, don't you think I would choose a wig that would make me look like a regular, normal person? And not like a Lego person on acid? At least the Halloween costume is already set instead of the pawn. I assume that, like, <laughs> I kind of like, I, I, you know, I assume that they're just gonna like, they're gonna get what I'm, they're gonna like hear what I'm saying, and that maybe, maybe some people are not gonna, maybe there'll be a few, you know, uh, but you know, I assume that uh, there'll be a few that'll get it. That's what I assume. I say I always assume there'll be somebody. There'll be a few that'll get it. It's like when I do like the when I had like the, the pro wrestling joke there when I, I talk about like, and I and I and I do it on purpose because like I know the answer that it gets and that it's by itself gets a laugh when I say uh, we have a lot of big uh, pro wrestling fans in the room here tonight. We have a lot of big pro wrestling. <laughs> that fans. gets a laugh. And it gets a, and if you're talking to like like a, a, an audience of adults, you shouldn't be getting like half the room going crazy being like yeah pro wrestling because it's not like you know if maybe it was the, like the 90s the late 90s or like the late 80s with like Hogan like Hulk Hogan and stuff like that maybe you'd have more people be like you know, was whooping it up back then, it was yeah. huge 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 but like on a very now it, it's like you're talking about like a fan base of like of like a million or two million people Total. Total. All over. And so, the, and th that those numbers are not going to be concentrated in a comedy club. Right? <laughs> like when you're, so it's like, and I'm like, all oh, right, I forget. It's not the late 80s. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's another laugh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very layered. And, um, and I know that um, you have this way with, you have charisma. There's something that makes me root for you on stage. Do you think about all these different things, uh, or just are you are who you are? Like, how do you? I think think of yourself. I think I, I struggled, or like, because they talk about like what voice you kind of decide to go with, like when you're starting comedy. And I think when you're starting comedy, that's a that's a big decision to make. Sure is to say like I'm going to commit to. I do not want dental care for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, or I, no, but I'm saying I mean, not, <laughs> not just that, not just getting into comedy, but also like. The de like deciding your voice, deciding how you, oh, what, I see what, you what your presentation is going to be, who you are, who you're going to be on stage, yeah, right, and then and but you know and that can change and it's good and it's kind of like good. You shouldn't really like decide on one thing yeah. and then just like rigidly adhere to that unless it's working super well. 
Right. Like if you get lucky and you can and you have like a stage presentation and a thing that works for you off the top, great, congrats. Yeah. But like otherwise, you need to be open to kind of changing how you present yourself on stage. And like and, and I and I've been at it for like ten years now, so I've done that like a couple of times and gone in and out of different things. And I used to wear like a suit jacket on stage with the t-shirts and the whole thing and this and that. Like, you know. Like, <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways we're the same guy because yeah. I used to wear a suit on stage. Yeah. But like the, the and then are like the from the like... suit, I went to the funny shirt phase yeah. where I had like casino like casino chips and yeah. stuff on my shirt. And I used to slick back my hair did when I had too. hair. Yeah, yeah, you did, know. did all that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like um, we have a lot of similarities. But like, and then, you know, I did the comedy club thing and... You know, why did you do that? Why, why did I do it? Yeah, why were you managing a comedy club? I it, know why I did it. It was but. offered. It was. Do you okay. know that whole story? Do you know this whole? No, whole I don't. Thing? It's a, so, Comedy Works was like a well-known comedy club in Montreal uh, for years, and then it closed down suddenly because the owner just like clo- uh, like locked the doors one day because and that's it. Yeah. Um, and then it was acquired by another dude, uh, and he was going to reopen it, and I happened to be doing. Like I was putting on like this like monthly show at a, at a at another bar that happened to be like run by this guy's brother kind of thing. So he saw that we were doing comedy shows in his brother's bar, and he's like, "Oh, and I'm opening up this comedy club." He's like, "You want to? So you want to run the comedy club for me? Since you're doing these comedy shows anyway, you want to run the comedy club?" And I'm like, "You're asking? So you're, you're asking me to do what now? You're like, you want me to like, like what are we? What exactly are we talking about? Like, yeah. you know?" And it was like, and you know, it was booking the acts and like being there and running the shows on a, like on the weekends and I was like I was knee deep in the shit you know so like and I so but I couldn't turn it down it was kind of a hard like a who would say no to that like like you know some people would. some people might I guess yeah. but like I don't know I I think the way like anyway so yeah. so now you understand both sides of it which I think yeah. is a gift yeah I really do because in 2009 when I started promoting shows I kind of got a taste, a, a peek behind the curtain, if you will. Yeah. Now I feel like, oh, when I was younger, I didn't understand certain things. Mm-hmm. So now I even know better how to approach bookers because I was very aggressively yep. promote, trying to push when yep. I get booked yep. and so on. Yes, I've done we, we do have a lot of similarities. We do. I feel like literally <laughs> yeah. I'm standing across from myself. I mean, yeah. I know we don't look the same, but uh, like you're a tall black man, for example. You know, exactly, but, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I uh, – so you are also in Montreal, but did you grow up in Montreal? Yeah, born and raised there, yeah. So you're a city guy. City guy. Uh, people – like when, I, when people talk to me sometimes that, that are from Montreal and I tell them that I'm like, yeah, I was born and raised in Montreal. They're like, they say we can barely – uh, hear an accent or anything when you speak. I'm like, it's because I'm a fucking Anglophone. My name is uh, Walter Ling, and I'd just like to apologize right off the bat for not being the Chinese act you were hoping for. Uh, <laughs> I get a lot of confused kind of looks over that one. You know, you're hearing Walter Ling coming to the stage, and then I show up not looking very Asian at all, looking... Uh, more like uh, a look that I sometimes describe as a semi-formal Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Or a TV movie version of Zach Galifianakis, yeah. 
That's right. It's like a stunt double kind of situation. Anytime Zach needs to be set on fire or thrown through a glass window. <laughs> so you were English, your parents were English? Yeah, which is kind of weird. It was kind of a weird situation, actually, because like, I grew up like in a very Italian part of uh, Montreal. Uh, Revere de Prairie, what's up, RDP? <laughs> and... Um, and like, but but so like, all of these people, these kids that I went to school with, and a lot of them, their parents were had been born in Italy. They they were first generation. These kids were like first generation Canadians, right? Right. And I, but like, you know, my parents have been here. My, you know, they both grew up in the city. My dad and like in a more like they both were kind of in a, a bilingual upbringing and stuff. So like, they're both like, but I, I so I ended up like kind of having this like hard English what I call hard English, like, accent, which is yeah. to say, like, kind of, like, whereas everybody else, all these other kids, like... Even Andrew Albert, I can tell, like, a little bit. He yeah. has a little, like, little nuanced kind of French accent, just to touch. What? Well, if you listen around, closely. You know, it's like, you have a new... He grew up there French. On. Yeah. Yeah, and he, cause, and, you know, he, I hear him drop some French words there and stuff, like, and I speak French, but, like, you know, it's terribly accented French and stuff, but, like, you know, I, I'm part French-Canadian myself, so, like... Yeah. Uh, on my dad's side, you know, so, uh, yeah, so born and raised in Montreal, and, uh... My daughter yeah. is taking French immersion. Yeah. She's 10 years old. How's that working? And she loves it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're young, you love things? Yeah. Yeah, that kind of dies off. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crush her soul right no, now. No, no, and, let and, her love it, yeah. Yeah, let her love life. So, I said, uh, when you go to school today, I said, I want you to tell the teacher... Je suis un singe fou, which is I'm a crazy monkey. I'm a crazy monkey. (laughs) So she goes, okay, dad. How'd that work out? Great. She's best friends with her teacher now. Perfect. Because she loved, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought that would break the ice for her. Yeah, Yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so growing up. The extent of your French, though? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We. Yeah, we. Um, So when you grew up in Montreal in an Italian neighborhood, Um, what were some of the things you were into? Were you a, a wrestling fan? Were you a skateboarder? What 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 did you do? Who were you? I was kind of a geek, I guess. Like as computers? Kind of, no, no, games? just just like not even really. Like just like you know, I, <clears throat> um, like I, I always watched like a lot of TV, watched a lot of movies and stuff. Uh, especially as I got like as I got older and became a teenager and stuff. Sci-fi or anything like I was kind of like I, I like in all the movies somewhere in high school at some yeah. point yeah I kind of became like a bit of a cinephile and yeah uh, yeah and I said I just oh started, so you're like Patton Patton Oswald a little well I mean he's a real cinephile but like yeah. so I, I started to kind of like deep dive into um, into older movies and stuff where, you'll never get me Kappa see not not that old but like, <laughs> I mean I'm bored enough. Change, 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 change. <laughs> I'm born in '86, so you know, stuff more in, like back to school with Roddy Dangerfield. Stuff okay. from the '70s. Okay, was, all right. Was old, but like you know, getting into like all, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was so like yeah, I was big into movies and stuff when I was and uh, and um, and then like I, I did like some like you know high school plays and shit like that in uh, in high school. Uh, and I, so I think I had like so so I so had, you're a bit of a thespian. I had a. Oh, I'm a stage whore, is what I am. You know? <laughs> like, I just, like, I think, you know, I just wanted the attention, like, in some way. But it was, it's, it wasn't like focus. It was just like I'm gonna do this thing and I'm gonna do this thing, and it's like, ah, ah, like <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, and that kind of, yeah. But like, never really considering like stand up, like seriously until mm. 
until as a like passion. some years like some years later when I started to like like actually, in your twenties. I started with I've been doing that ten years now. Like I'm thirty three. Well, I'm probably closer to eleven years now. So like I started when I was like twenty two. 21, 22, maybe? I, yeah. yeah, 22 is not far off from... I was, uh, well, let's see, 1999, I was 22, so I was 21, 98. Yeah, 98, yeah. yeah. I was in uh, grade 6 in 1998. Yeah. So, not a big deal. I know, <laughs> and it, and it's weird because I, I don't really think about age differences. Uh, I, I, and it's weird because... No, I'll, I don't, I don't, I now work, I'm starting to. I work with a guy, Yeah, and he's like, training to become an electrician. I am an electrician. Uh-huh. And he's my apprentice. Uh-huh. And he's, like, really super good at it. And uh, and every once in a while, he'll say, how do you do this? And I'll be like, oh, yeah, you're just learning. And, oh, yeah, you're 20. Yeah. He's 20. You know? He's just a baby. And it's just like, I, and I'm this old, old guy. And I don't think about it until, and last night, because part of your act, you say I'm 33. Right. And, and I was like, Age of Christ. Shit, I'm 40, I'm 43. Yeah. I'm like, damn it, this guy's got 10 years on me. <laughs> I know. That's when, it, that's when it's those kinds of things that like make, it's like, for me, it's, I, I you know, I, this is going to sound morbid, but I use 9-11 as a reference point. <laughs> Always use 9-11, use 9/11 if you can. As a, as a reference point. No, when I, like, when I'm talking to a young person, I'm like, tell me this though. Like trying to get a feel of how, just how young they are, I'm like, do you have a conscious memory of 9-11? Like, yeah. What, how did you experience 9-11? And that'll let me know how old you are. And then we're going to be dealing with, like, adults soon now, kind of, yeah. that have no conscious memory. Like, that, like they didn't experience that. It was like... Yeah. It's like... Uh, well, I didn't experience Vietnam in my lifetime. Exactly. And that's a big deal to people that are 20, old, 20 years older you were than me. what year? 76. 76. So, like, yeah, it wrapped up, like, a few years... I think the year before Elvis died, and the year after they made Star Wars. Like it was, it was an epic time to be born. I had Chernobyl. (laughs) Oh shit! I had Chernobyl. Fuck yeah! The Challenger explosion. Oh, the whole world was just starting to understand tragedy. Reaganomics. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember any of that stuff. Oh, it's good. I don't remember any. Like so, like I don't have a memory of like the late 80s yeah being a baby in the Civil War wouldn't you know you just go on playing with your rattle (laughs) right you'd be like ah. First, I don't know what's going on around me. My first, my, my first big media memory is, uh, I tell people this sometimes, is OJ. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember OJ, I remember clearly. receiving, but like, you know, having like, and like understanding, kind of like looking at this thing on the news and being like, the fuck is this? Like, and Do you I, know he's got a Twitter page now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Good for him. Yeah, he's just like, hey, Twitter. Hey, Twitter world. 2019, OJ's it's living the his juice. best life. You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But yeah, that's anyway. But um, so getting back to nine eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Thank I, God. <laughs> I wrote a nine eleven joke on nine twelve. No. And I've <laughs> only recently started to tell it because it it was such a long period that people were, and they they still are, but not like they were. I mean, it was a long time that people were really really sensitive about that. You know, and there's like there's nine eleven jokes and there's nine eleven jokes. You know, mm. like people, you could do like just like shitty stuff and do like like really bad taste, vulgar like bad taste, like kind of crude stuff. But like, or you could do you know something that's a little well more like well thought. My, out. Like, mine goes like this. Mine is. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, mine is. Um, do you think it's appropriate that New York still calls their team the Jets? <sighs> and if I were to equate this to football, isn't the goal to go between the posts? Uh, right? <laughs> so, that's not bad. <laughs> so, so, and then the crowd always oohs. Yeah. And then I say, 
all right, I'll wait another 10 years before I draw uh, that again. I'm yeah, really yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so do you ever worry about content? Do you ever yes. worry about offending people? I don't – yeah, well, I don't do that kind of stuff. I mean, like, I've never th- thought of myself as an offensive comedian. I don't swear a lot on stage. I do it here and there, and it's usually for effect. Uh, but, like, I don't do, like, a lot of sex stuff, you know. So, like, I like – because I, I like to present myself as, like, I'm, like I can work – most rooms, and even if it's like, even if like, there's no, there's like, there's no swearing or whatever. Yeah. Because like my stuff is like is dark. It's not, it's not like vulgar. It's not obscene. It is dark, but it's some dark. of it. Dark. Yeah. It's dark. It's not like not all for of little it. Kids, but like some of it. Is. Some of it is. It's like it's like you know. Which um, I loved because we related last night on the, <laughs> on some of those lines. Yeah, 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 but like so, but then I you know well I'll do stuff like recent bit. I've been doing this one bit for like like all this for months, you know. There's this thing that happened at my day job, and there's this story I tell where like my boss, uh, my boss looks at me and this other guy at work that ha- that also had a beard, and it was like I had just started there, and he didn't know the other guy either. And the boss looks at us and he goes, "Well, what is this? The Taliban section of the?" Uh, of the oh my god, office? that so is like, so as awful. A bit, as a joke, <laughs> right? But fun. still, and I'm like, yo. <laughs> Yo, what it's a, such a bad taste. Yeah, <laughs> I tell this story, and I, I tell this story, and I'm like, and he didn't even know, and I'm like, and he didn't know that the guy that that I was with, he he didn't know he was a Muslim. He, this guy was actually a Muslim. Oh shit! So it makes it extra bad. This story does lighten up and stuff, but I, <laughs> what I've noticed sometimes with this with this joke that I tell, right, and then I like, and then I get into, I tell funny stories about this other guy, that this this Muslim dude back from Chechnya, and I, and I do it again. I do I pull the audience. I'm like. But on Chet, do we have any do we have any Chechnyans here in the room tonight, or does anybody know Chech? Does anybody know any Chechnyans here? It's a trick question. You, none of you do. There's only six Chechnyans that live outside of Chechnya. <laughs> Beck told me that. The guy's name is Beck. Anyway, so and it gets, it gets funny and shit. And then I get, and then I got to do like a back and forth. I do like an act out thing where he says I look like the president of Chechnya. So it gets funny and shit. Yeah. But that fucking build up where I where I drop the joke where I quote somebody else. Doing kind of a racist joke or yeah. doing kind of a shitty joke. Yeah, it could be. It's not actually racist. It could be perceived as racist. Right. When uh, my wife and I were looking at some uh, some photos, we were looking at some photos, and uh, we came across this one, and I freaked out. I was like, "Oh God, Jesus! That's a that's a photo of a demon. Where did you get a demon photo? Where did you find a photo of an actual demon, a living demon on this photo? Where is it? Why am I looking at a photo of a demon? Oh, I can't even look at it. Ah, oh, it's a demon photo. Ah." And then the ultrasound technician in the room with us was like, um, <laughs> "No, no, Mr. Link, that's your, uh, it's your unborn child." Uh, and I said, "Oh, okay, my, my mistake. Uh, why does it look all demony like that, though? What's the situation?" Well, there's a, Mr. Link. It's a three-month-old fetus. And they don't always look fully developed, but I, you know, I suppose it's really in the eye of the beholder. I don't think it looks like a demon. Um, and I said, oh, thank God. For a second there, I thought the child's mother might have been a jackal or something. <laughs> and, uh, and the ultrasound tech says, uh, Mr. Ling, I think your wife can hear you. And she could because she was in the room with us. And... I like no. that I casually just, when I did the Satan stuff, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
it's a really, people, it's people a, listening to the podcast will be like, Satan stuff? What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a really light bit. Don't worry about it. It's fun. It's a little light. <laughs> it's I, fun. Trust me, it's fun. Man, it's so good. Casual um, conversation about Satan. I love yeah. it. So, are we good for time? Uh, it's like five to one. How much won't really? How long have we been talking? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's like see. Twenty-one minutes. Twenty-one. We could go a little more if you want. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. So you keep steering away from from before comedy. I want to get a picture of who Walter Ling is. First of all, Walter J. Ling. Walter J. Ling. Do you like? Do you like the J? It's kind of pretentious. But is it like a showbiz decision? No, it's real. It's just it's just, just my name, and it's, it's, my name is Walter Joseph Ling. Okay. J stands for Joseph. Good Have you gone back and forth? Like, Walter's a great name, don't you think? Uh, what do you mean, back and forth on what? Between Walter and Joe, Walter J. Never you. Well, no, now, first of all, I barely. Drop the Lang and say Walter the, J. I barely use the J anymore. It's just, I just come on as Walter Lang or whatever. Yeah. I also was, uh, I worked at a newspaper for like seven years. Yeah. So, like, so my, my, top of my articles, it was Walter J. Lang. So. Okay. Uh, looks professional. Yeah, it looks professional. And it's real. It's it more like, distinguished. It was, it was a real J, you know? Yeah. yeah. But then, so it's like, you know, and on a, on a, you know. Do you know Walter Lang? Walter J. Walter Lang? Walter J. Lang, yeah. Yes, I know him. Yeah, people, like, it's, you know, it's an easy thing to make fun of, but it's, like, it's stupid on purpose. Like, you know, when, on the articles, it's one thing, and it's like, but then, like, on stage, there's, like, an, um, like a, there's pretense around the, using the middle initial, but it's kind of, I feel like I kind of acknowledge the pretense and, like, how dumb that is by, like, like giving, putting this character, like, well, not a character, but just being kind of, like, shitty about things, or, like, it's like, oh, yeah, Walter J. Lang. What did your mom call you growing up? Walter? Walter, yeah, and my dad's name was Walter, and... The, the, so they didn't and call my you grand, Junior, my did grandfather's they? name was Walter. No one called me Junior. Thank I, God. Other people would. People would Fuck them. bandy it about, like, because, yeah. like, they know. Because, like, my dad was an educator, and so, like, all throughout, like, elementary school and high school, people knew my dad as well like mm. all the teachers and shit did you feel like you were in his shadow a little bit or did you feel proud uh, that he was your dad uh probably you know probably a little both i don't I never i don't think i ever felt that it was in his shadow but like i fuck you know like two years when i was in grade school like my dad was uh the, like the vice principal at my at the school that i went to for like on two different occasions like two different years and that you know was not a thing that i was in love with at the time yeah, you know, like it's go to not, dad's office if you're bad. Yeah, that happened a couple times. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. And, people, and you know, like, and he, with, would he have to make an example of you to? Yeah, he'd have to be a little pretty harder much. on you to pretty show much. the other kids that there's no favoritism. And he was just pissed because it was his kid like fucking up or doing something stupid and shit, right? Like as yeah, he, as any dad would be, you know. Yeah, I guess so. So it's fucked up, and like, and and you know, I'd have like the the like the lunch lady being like, I, I'm gonna send you to see your father. And not like I'm gonna say, uh, they got extra ammo on you. You know, and it's like, fuckers. what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? You're just being a kid. Yeah. Everybody else fucks up. You know, their parents will hear about it later. I fuck up. My dad's gonna hear about it fucking now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you, know, like, you at least had that grace period on the bus ride home, yeah. right? Yeah. So tell me about your mom. Was she a homemaker? Was yeah. she a nurse? Yeah, was she, she a was, ninja? Yeah, she was a homemaker. Like, she was, she was like a school secretary. That's how she met my dad. And, uh, and then, um, uh, yeah, then after she had my sister. Oh, you have a sister? I have a younger sister, yeah. After she had my cool. sister. Did I come off as an only, like, Is an her child? name Walter, too? Yeah, actually, she's Walter the Fourth. <laughs> but, uh, Walter to... Ceiling. <laughs> you know, get it? Ceiling. Hit the no, ceiling, joking. yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so she, after she had my sister, she stopped working, and uh, and then she just took care of us. And well, like, she kept working, but she was just well, exactly working she and raising kids. Stop, exactly, <laughs> she stopped getting paid. Exactly. She got really Four fucked over. Words, correct. <laughs> um, I'm yeah. such a f- male feminist. Eh? Yeah, well, yeah. When I do, we always whenever when I bring them on because we do the Rad Dads show as well, which we haven't mentioned. Yeah. I'm like, excited to see that. Yeah, we 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 always have the Rad Mom on, and when I whenever I bring on the Rad Mom, I do this little little intro for them. I'm like, you know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, um, the raddest dad of all is uh, is a is a rad is a mom because you know. Maybe Dad's not around for whatever reason, you know. He's uh, on the road or getting cigarettes for the last ten years, or something. you know, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like so the rat. Sometimes the raddest dad of all can, in fact, be a a, a woman, a mom, a mom, yeah, a mom. So yeah. that, and then you know, and it's a good way for us to fuck. Like, you should do a spinoff series, rad moms. Right, just rad moms, yeah. yeah. And it's a good way for us not to look like shitbags and just doing like a bunch of like white dude shows. You when know? you get like, old, you got rad granddads. Rad granddads, yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Right on, man. Yeah. So, do you have? Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah. But we were. So yeah. That anyway. Uh, we're like the, we just we we're talking about like my dad and stuff and my, like my mom and growing up. Yeah, and then uh, and then I ended up doing. Um, I ended up going into like journalism and stuff in university, so I got like a like a degree in print journalism, and uh, that's why I worked at the newspaper for like seven years. And and uh, was and that then, a good job? It was it was all right. It was it was good in the sense that it was very like relaxed and kind of casual and like it was supposed to be like a nine to five kind of five days a week thing. And like at one point I got like I'm gonna work four days a week and that's just what's gonna happen. <laughs> and it was like and they were really like cared. okay whatever. Like, it didn't make a fucking difference. That's like, great. The it had like an editorial staff of like three people or something. You know it was so like why I, did you why did you steer away from that? Well, as it happens, because I mean, I was there for seven years, mm-hmm. and first of all, there was no like prospect of, it, of advancement or really ever going past that. You kind of like just did that, and you had you were either fine with doing that or you moved on to other things. Right. And towards the end there, uh, like around the six year mark, seven year mark, that's when I also started to manage the comedy club. Yeah. So there was an overlap there, and I'm like, I could do both of these things. This will be fine. I can manage a comedy club and work a day job. Oh, God. This will be fine. Starting to see him sound like me. I got the podcast. I got comedy. I got the comedy club. I got my kids. And I'm doing doing acting auditions. And I'm doing my podcast. Did you you, kind of get bogged down? Like, did you... Of course I did. So, like, so I did that that for about maybe, like, less than a... For about a six-month overlap there, or a year or something. And I'm like, all right. And, you know, all right. If I... I'm like, like it's going to be one or the other here, and I've been doing the newspaper thing for too long, and I'm not making that much money. If I really give it a go at the comedy club and, like, really double down and fucking, like, invest myself and just do everything in my power to make this place a success, I, you know, everything, like, the club, will, the club will do well, and then I'll do well by extension, and it'll be just like, just like if I had a day job, like, and the, that, and it'll be fine, and everything will be perfect yeah so i'm gonna quit this stable day job that i've had you know that's, that's a big leap that's never i've never made a fortune on but it was you know money's money and it was like a salary was it a little bit scary it was of course it was a lot scary and then of course it was like it was a fucking disaster so like you know the the club didn't work out i had to quit eventually or or just like lose my mind completely and so then i'm like okay great so like and now i'm fucking freelancing for the newspaper that i used to have like a fucking steady job, steady at. job at at yeah. like sixty dollars a piece. Yeah. And anyway. Well, th- just luckily, there's a lot of 
great uh, things out there, and you're doing more gigs all the time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and we I like, and now it's, I'm, it's back. I'm like, I'm getting into like crazy mode again. Yeah. Now I have a day job again. Like I, I have a copywriting job, uh, and it's a nine to five. But like, and I'm and I'm somehow back to. I told myself that I was gonna get out of producing, putting on shows, and like, we'll just work on my own shit, work on my own comedy and stuff. And now I'm back to like producing like a crazy fucker again in Montreal. Like, I did, like I have like. Two two weekly open mics that I, not that I don't attend I don't personally attend all the time but I got like two weekly open mics going within the last year I got like two weekly open mics going in uh, and now there's like two monthlies too like at, at like the Hurley's on uh, Crescent Street downtown. Jeez, oh, that'd be very uh, time consuming. It's very time consuming. Yeah, because yeah. you're always in promo mode. Always for yeah. something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For fucking something. And then good luck putting, so it's like social media nightmare. And then, you know, so it's like doing all that shit. And you're like, you know, we had, you know, and I work with like a couple other guys back in Montreal and stuff. And we had like a little production company name thing called, it's called Perfect Bite. Yeah. Perfect, and we put on these shows and shit. And like, you know, but it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, uh, and, you know, I'm still trying to like get, you know, get like acting auditions and, and make it to those when I can. But I got to leave work. And like, you know, so yeah. it's like. You're a busy guy. Yeah, and it's like, but I have like the wife and kid now, so it's like, I, you know, like I feel I can't, I don't like to, to like I, I want, I need to have that. I feel like I need to have that sort of like that day job there. Just, it's conflicting. Just, just for the for the fucking like uh, health to, insurance and stuff. Was the insurance that just that I'm bringing in some kind of income, like yeah, you know, like because like good luck, you know, getting getting enough comedy gigs or road gigs, you know, to like to. I I have been where you're at and I feel like um, I'm in many ways it's still not perfect mm-hmm. I'm in a situation where I've been plowing away at this since 2009 and I feel like if I walked away now it would be foolish mm. but um, it's not an easy road and I definitely identify with that you uh, so but you're still like so good on stage like are you thinking about trying to pare down some of the other projects and just focus on yourself as a performer? This again, this is the back and forth, right? This yeah. Is like, this is the pendulum, you know, and it feels like every time I tell myself I'm going to do one thing, and then I just find myself like, 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 you know, I just started the, the this this other like weekly open mic thing because I was doing monthlies there, and the guys were like, hey, should we do? And I'm like, why am I? Why do I keep pitching these things? Like, why do I keep like? Because <laughs> you're in promo mode. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you know, we could do a show, and, and and actually, and I think I'm going to be starting like another monthly like at a cafe like in, in, near my house, and I'm like, the fuck, why? <laughs> like. <laughs> well, you, I think the why is because you love comedy. I do, yeah, and I, I think I, people I, love to watch you do it because you're yeah. good at it. Yeah, and I and I and I do. There is a, I kind of do get a kick out of putting these shows together. Yeah, and, and like lately they've been working out more. So like because you're gaining the experience. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and like I think I think I told you about Bowser and Blue last night. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. fucking crazy. And like hearing these guys as a kid, like I've heard these guys all my life, and it's like, and then now I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck, like. I just booked Bowser and Blue. It's to, unreal. To, like, I'm like, how did this fucking happen? Yeah. And like, you know, like, multi generational fans. I felt like, the same way when I booked Mike McDonald. I was yeah. like, it was, and then Mike McDonald whispered into my ear that he loved my Facebook joke. He said, if you ever get in front, he's like, if you ever get in front of people, you know, that could help your career, make sure you say that joke. Yeah. He, he was like uh, so gracious and kind. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah Mike was, was good. Mike always had like some pretty decent advice uh, advice to dis, uh, dispense of with uh, people. Yeah. You got to meet him. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Ottawa a couple of times, and like, and uh, we had him. We had him at uh, at the works. I'm like, did I book him? Yeah, no, I did. Oh shit, this is like hazy memories. You're making, 
yeah, I met him. <laughs> I had to, I had to, I picked him up at the airport for a weekend when I was, because like I had to do everything when I was working at the club. So I picked him up at the airport and like, and I was like, I had him in the car and like, and I had booked some media appearances for him, like radio and shit like that, which I was also gonna like kind of bring him to and like, and I was setting all this was, and. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm telling him about these radio spots. He goes, you know, uh, it's good when you could like sort of like prepare for your show and not have to like do a million things. Like, he wasn't like he was a, cool. He about wasn't. It. He wasn't a thousand percent Fine. thrilled that that I was having him like go do this other shit. Bl- you can't I, blame him. I, I couldn't blame him. I'm like, no, I get it, you, Mike. Mike, I hear you. I hear you. But you know what? The ticket sales are going to be so so good if we just do these like radio spots. And were they? I mean, they were better than if we had if we hadn't done the radio True. spots. Yeah, but like. Uh, so talk to me about Walter Ling, the comedian. Before we wrap this up, yeah. Um, you are available on social media. People can find you. Walter, I'm just gonna. I'm letting the next guest know you can come down. Yeah, I'm available on social media. My Twitter is at Wally Good Times. Um, at Wally Good at Times. At Wally Good Times. I'm going to add all, you all one for word. sure. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Like, it's, I think it's Walter J Ling on Facebook. And uh, I think, yeah, and the Walter Lang on uh, the Instagram as well. And does, does Rad Dads have a home, or is Rad that, Dad, that at Walter Lang? No, Rad Dads, uh, Rad Dads does, have a, uh, does have a separate fan page on, uh, on so, Facebook. So as like as, up Rad Dads? As is Perfect Byte and Perfect Byte Productions. But, uh, and once again, it's at? On Twitter? Yeah. Uh, at Wally Good Times. At Wally Good Times. Yeah. And... Uh, I look forward to working with you, man. Cheers. Uh, again, and thanks again. for having us down here this weekend. It's been Absolutely, it was, it was our pleasure. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so, anything, anything coming up that you want to promote? Uh, anything coming up that I want? Uh, if you're in the Montreal area on November 28th uh, at Cafe Cleopatra, uh, which is a, a, an old uh, historic strip club in Montreal, uh, there's a cabaret space upstairs that we do shows there. On November 28th, I'm actually going to be doing a, a recorded hour. Which is the first time that I'm going to be doing nice. that. And uh, you're going to put in, make an album? Yeah, I'm going to have this uh, is the first time that I'm trying that. Well, we did a Christmas album last year, but that was kind of a shit show and a whole other story. And there was songs, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Montreal, <laughs> November 28th. It's What's called, the venue? It's at Cafe Cleopatra, and it's called. Uh, it's called the show's going to be called The Last Walt. Nice. Oh, I like it. I like huh? it. Yeah. No, I I do. Huh? I. Yeah. I love that. That's yeah. a great are you, title. Are you, are you a fan of the band? Do you like the band? That, Robbie well, Robertson? And like, the, I just remember the saying, The Last Waltz. The Last Waltz. And there yeah. was the, but there was the movie with, about the band and all that stuff. But of course, anyway. Get, getting back to your movie yeah, uh, so roots. Nerdy, yeah, nerdy <laughs> pop culture shit. But yeah, anyway. So that's so the first time I'm going to try that out. And uh, I think that hopefully that's going to be fun. And I'd like to have some people out of there. And um, I don't think the tickets are on sale yet. But soon. <laughs> well, thank you for doing Promo the podcast, mode. man. Thank you. Thank you, Shane.